You're listening to episode five of Widowcast from Joanne the Life Coach. Welcome listeners. This is Joanne Philomena from Joanne the Life Coach. The other day I saw someone post in a Facebook group for widows and her post asked, am I the only one that talks out loud to my dead husband? And do you think he hears me? Well, it surprised me, but it didn't really surprise me because I worried a little bit initially about wandering around my house talking out loud to my dead husband. I think I mentioned that on a previous episode that I worried what the neighbors would think if they could see in my window and see me walking around talking to my dead husband. But the truth is, yeah, I do talk out loud to Jim all the time. And I think it's probably pretty common among widows to talk out loud to their husband. One widow responded and said she did, especially when she was trying to do a task that he would normally do. Um, and I really get that. I, I have been there and done that. Or when I've done something, I think I spilled coffee on the kitchen floor one night and I laughed and said, if you were still here, I'd blame you for that. <laughs> um, and, but does he still hear me? Wow, I think, yeah, yeah, he does. You know, Jim's presence was really palpable, especially in early days right after he passed. And Jim and I both had real firm belief. We used to talk about, oh, well, it started with the Philomena fable where he and I wrote this. You would be sitting up on your cloud reading the astral times and you'd see the blue and green planet go spinning by and you'd look down and you would see some lives and there were one ads in the astral times for lives. Maybe one was for, oh, a starving child in Ethiopia, or another was for a businessman, another ad for a rock star, and a lot of very normal lives. All of a sudden, you see one that really catches you, and you think, I've got to try that. And you look at your watch to see if you have time, and it's five minutes to 12. And you think, oh, I've got time. I'll be back in time for lunch. And you jump off your cloud into that life. And as you get closer and closer to planet Earth and to the newborn baby that you're going to be a part of, you begin to forget that you were even sitting on that astral cloud or that lunch was in five minutes. Part of this story used to make me giggle, the thought that, oh, we could go back to lunch. And with our friends, our group that we used to discuss such things with, it became a common reference to talk about somebody going back to lunch or when we go back to lunch. Um, Jim was being diabetic, always said he couldn't wait to get back to lunch because he was going to have strawberry shortcake. <laughs> because it could no longer affect the blood sugar of his physical body. So we had pretty firm beliefs that people are still around before this life and after this life. And he showed me this 
there were times that I even thought that somehow on a subconscious level, he knew before he passed away that this was it, that he was going to pass away before the end of that year. One of the things that gave me pause for thought, he was going into the hospital to have um, a stent put down in one of his legs. It was a redo. He had had a stent put in his other leg. Really no big deal. And the morning that I was taking him there, he spotted um, a service across the street removing an oil tank from someone's yard. And he had a part of the yard that he wanted dug up. And it had been bugging him for a long time. So he ran over to find out if they would dig that corner of our yard for us and what they would charge um, just with their digger, you know. And uh, they kind of old boy networked across the street and he came back just tickled pink because he felt he had a real good deal and that when they were done, they would come over and just dig up that one part of our yard for us. So the soil would be all nice and turned. And I remember thinking at that time, I was worried because the procedure to put a stent down his leg was supposed to be nothing. But I thought, wow, I think that's probably the last thing bugging him that he wanted done around the house or the yard. Is that like crossing off the last thing on his bucket list? And you know what? That was only about a month before he passed away. So it very well could have been just a matter of crossing off that last bit on his bucket list. The other things were the day before he passed away, he sent an email link to me. He had discovered videos online of Joe Cocker. And he sent to me Joe Cocker singing, You Are So Beautiful to me. And um, it really touched me because... Oh, it can sound superficial, but I think, isn't that what we really want as women? We want to be attractive to our mate. We really do. Um, a couple weeks before that, I had been at Barnes & Noble, had coffee with him, and, and I had to leave. We both had our own cars. I had to leave a little early. And he used to hang out at Barnes & Noble. They would have their Barnes & Noble social club in the morning. Um, many of them retired. They would just all kind of connect, have coffee, and hang out at Barnes & Noble. And he met a lot of people there. And one of the people was um, a young woman that would hang out. She was in her early 20s. And as I left, I didn't know that Christine was there, but she was apparently sitting on the bench out front talking on a cell phone. And Jim told me later that as I walked out there and stopped to wait for the cars to clear, he had both of us in his line of vision, me and this 24-year-old beauty on the bench. And he said, you looked as spectacular as, as the woman who was 36 years younger. Every bit is good. And I laughed at him and I just said, well, I have stage presence. <laughs> but I was really touched by that. It was like a little gift that he would still find me that attractive, that he would compare me to somebody who was 20-something and decide that I was every bit as attractive and beautiful. I loved that. Um, and his having emailed the song to me, um, it was a long time after he passed before I could even go back to that email and play it again because it, I knew it was just going to rip my heart out to do that. Um, 
what I discovered after he passed when I logged in to go look for all his friends and email so that I could, because he had friends all over the country that he would exchange emails with um, about photography and various things. So I just kind of wanted to get his little distribution list and let them know what happened so that he didn't just disappear from email, leave everybody wondering. And I noticed in his email that the day before when he had sent to me, You Are So Beautiful by Joe Cocker, he sent to all his friends a link to Joe Cocker singing, I get by with a little help from my friends. So it was like there were pardon gifts that he was sending out within 48 hours of passing away even. Um, after he passed away, did he hear me? Was he still around when I spoke? Oh, I think so. One of the first indications was shortly after he passed away, I was on the phone talking to his lifelong friend, John, and they had both gone to the same grammar school in Queens. It was a Catholic school, and I still had, it was like a, a graduation book from St. Anthony's. And in it was a photograph that was all of them as little guys. And about seven of these guys had stayed in touch their whole life. We would annually get together at a dinner with all of them. And anyway, I was talking to John and I went upstairs to pull it out because I wanted to ask John if perhaps he'd like to have that. I didn't know if he still had his and that photograph of all of them when they were little guys. And as I pulled it out to show, to talk, talking to John, um, I suddenly got a very strong smell of Old Spice aftershave, which was the aftershave that Jim would use. And I loved it because there's still something about Old Spice that just gets to me. And he knew that. He would put on aftershave, come down here, dance around and stick his neck up into my face and say, does it do anything for you? <laughs> so... There I was, and I'm thinking, gosh, did, did I, cleaning things out of the bathroom cabinet, did I spill Old Spice, did, you know, and I didn't think anything more of it. I went back downstairs, still talking to John, and after I hung up, I thought, where did that smell come from? And I went back upstairs to find what it was that smelled like Old Spice, like was it spilled on the rug or in the bathroom right there? It was nowhere. There was no smell of Old Spice up there. It only came to me when I was talking to John about the book and Jim. And it was almost like he was sticking his neck up by my face saying, what does it do for you? Um, I thought that was pretty funny. I was a little surprised that I would get a smell like that, that was so distinct and so strong. There was no doubting that at all. Some of the other things that happened the year before he passed away, or it was the year that he passed away because he passed away at the very end of the year. That year I had turned 60 in January. And as part of my birthday, we paid to have roses of the month delivered. So I would get roses every month of that year. So 
and I loved that. I really loved having the roses each month. And when the roses came for December, um, I said to Jim, ah, oh, these are my last roses. And he said, you know, you, we really should have arranged it so there would be one more bunch of roses delivered for your birthday, this, this next birthday, 2015. And I said, oh, that's okay. You can buy me flowers. Well, of course, he passed away December 29th, and my birthday is in the middle of January. On my birthday, I was down in the basement doing something, and I had stuck a bunch of plants down in the basement. I brought in all the planters' ceramic pots so they wouldn't crack in the wintertime. And there was a few that I didn't even bother to dump. I just got them in and tucked them down in the basement. And in a dark corner of the basement was a pot that had been a fuchsia plant that was completely dried out and dead. Uh, the dirt was pulled away from the sides of the pot. It was so dry. But I noticed there were leaves on it. And when I went over and turned on the light to inspect it, it had sprouted, not from the base of the plant, where you would expect a plant to come back if it was going to come back, it was sprouting from the dead ends of the stems. And on one of those sprouts was two fuchsia buds hanging there. I couldn't believe my eyes. I've always loved gardening and I've always potted up plants. And I know some plants will come back after being stored if you keep them moist and you let them get a little light, keep it cool. But this plant was completely dried out. There is no way it could have come back. But I brought it upstairs and gave it a little water, set it on the, the side of the sink where the sunlight could get to it because there they were, two buds. And sure enough, that plant blossomed in January. So I choose to believe that Jim found a way to give me flowers for that next birthday like he wanted me to have all little symbols and signs. You can miss them. You can write them off and say, oh, it was just coincidence. It's how you choose to think about it, how you choose to feel about it. So when you speak to your dead spouse, do they hear you? Oh, I do think so. There was an instance later in the year I believe it was probably around July. I was, it was a beautiful evening and I was in a cotton nightgown, but I still slipped out back right at dusk to sit out on, sit out on the patio where Jim and I like to sit. And I leaned back. I was looking up into our big old oak tree and really wondering, and I reached out in my thoughts thinking, when I think of you, when I talk to you, can you hear me? Do you come to me when I reach out to you? You know, I really wondered, and I heard a neighbor slam shut a window. It kind of brought me back out of my reverie, and I looked down and realized that there on the patio, I was surrounded by fireflies. I hadn't seen any fireflies at all yet that summer. Usually we might see one or two. I easily had two dozen fireflies around me. And fireflies were special because growing up out in California, I had never seen fireflies. 
It was after I moved to New York to marry Jim. We were taking a walk one evening through the Bronx, and I started seeing some green flashes out of the corner of my eye. And I thought I was having a stroke or something, really. I couldn't, why was I seeing these little flashes of light? And I finally said something to Jim. I said, I'm seeing these little green flashes. Are you seeing that? Is it just my eyes? And he said, Joanne, they're fireflies. And I was enraptured. Fireflies. I've never seen fireflies. And he took a step back and said, you haven't? And then he was just overjoyed that he got to share fireflies with me for the first time. And for the rest of that summer, every single evening, he would drag me out of our condo to go walk through the park to go look for fireflies. So it, to me, felt like absolutely not a coincidence that when I asked with all my heart, when I think of you and talk to you and reach for you, do you hear me? Do you come to me? And yeah, he came to me in a couple dozen fireflies. And you know, after that evening, for the rest of summer, I looked for the fireflies and there were no fireflies in my yard, in my neighbor's yard. Just, it was not the kind of year that you would have the weather set up for there to be a lot of fireflies. So to me, that was just magic. It was just magic. And it was an answer that, yeah, I, I hear you. So talk to your spouse. Go ahead. You can tell them everything and anything. You may not get an impossible fuchsia. You may not get fireflies, but they are so there. When I spoke with Jim's sister shortly after he passed, she hesitantly told me that Jim was there with her the night that he passed away. And she was really hesitant because she was afraid I would think she was a crazy old lady, <laughs> you know. Um, but no, no, not at all. She said he was there. She had gone to bed, put her head on the pillow, about to drift off when she heard him say her name. And she sat right up in bed and she could sense his presence there. And I told her that by no means that I think she was a crazy old lady. I think Jim was there and said her name. It's a phenomenon I had a lot after my father passed away. Um, and it's gone on for years. Occasionally, I will hear my father's voice say my name right into my ear. And it always just makes me catch my breath. Um, and I have to sit down and think, well, okay, why is dad getting my attention? What am I doing wrong here that I need to rethink? Um, but they do. They communicate in ways you can't imagine. If, as long as you are looking for it, they show up in dreams. I've had um, a couple of dreams with Jim. And I expected more because he used to do dream work. He was very big on the symbolism in dreams and doing dream interpretation. He was excellent at dream interpretation, scary good at dream interpretation. He interpreted one of my dreams before I even knew him very well. 
um, and man, he hit the nail right on the head. Things that he could not have known about it was pretty impressive. So when he first passed away and he wasn't coming to me in dreams, I was a little frustrated. I thought, wow, man, <laughs> dreams were your thing and you haven't come to see me in a dream yet. And the night that I sat there and I really, I demanded, I said, you need to come to me in a dream. You need to let me know what's going on. Because we always talked about after you go back to lunch, you get to see the movies. You get to see all the movies of your life and you get to see them from every viewpoint, not just remembering your own viewpoint, but seeing them from other people's viewpoints and the things that you had no idea, the connections, the the simple thing you might have said to a stranger that changed that stranger's life and you wouldn't know it in this lifetime, but you get to find out that when you see the movies, when you get back to lunch. So that night I had a dream and in the dream, I can't even remember the whole dream now. I wrote it down somewhere and I have to go find that, but I was walking through a house and I came around a corner and I could see all these like luminous looking squares of light on the wall and these luminous handprints all over the wall and thought, what the heck? And then I turned and I saw Jim standing there and I thought, well, I should have known. And what are you doing? You're getting all these handprints on the wall. And he laughed and just said, look. And when I looked back, all the squares became groups of photographs on the wall which makes sense. Jim was a photographer. He loved doing photography. And he was dancing back and forth and moving a photo from this group over to the next group and getting all excited and shuffling them around because he was making the connections with these photos of things that were happening in this life that connected to something that happened in another life. And it was just fascinating. But when I woke up, one of my first thoughts was to be a little disappointed. I thought, wow, the afterlife is that low tech. You didn't even get movies. You got pictures. And then I started laughing because I realized, no, for Jim, he would show it to me in pictures, in photographs. So I was delighted that he gave me that dream. And he was doing pretty much what we expected. He was reviewing his life and all the connections. And he was having a hell of a good time doing it. Um, gave me some joy in that day, that's for sure. So go ahead and talk to your loved ones. I even talk to my mom and dad still out loud. You all might think I'm crazy, but don't write me off yet. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Please do leave me a review in iTunes. I know it's a hassle because you have to log into iTunes on your computer to do it. And you have to search for Widowcast and click on review and ratings. But I love hearing from you. And the more reviews the podcast gets, the further it will move it up in iTunes so that other widows can find me and listen and maybe gain some solace from just listening to my shared stories. Go out there, find some joy in your life. Until next time. <laughs>